Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. Come on, can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Out here, the sun is shining. Can I just tell you, the Church of Jesus Christ is resilient. Uh, you know, as we were worshiping, and I get this picture in my mind, uh, Luke chapter 15, uh, it's really the story of uh, the, the prodigal sons. One was lost in the house, religiously, and the other was lost outside of the house, just living wild and crazy. And I think about the one that's, that was lost outside of the house, just kind of living their life, doing his thing, and you know, the money ran out, the friends ran out, and a hunger got him to to eat with the pigs. There was a moment where he's extremely hungry and so even the, the, the food that the pigs would eat started to seem a little bit appealing. But, but hunger got him to the pig pain, but a desperation moved him back to the father's house. He started to remember that, man, even, even the servants in my father's house eat better than this. Maybe if I could just go back a servant. And, and I think sometimes remembering who God is with the desperation for, not, not simply for what he can do, but just to be with him. I feel like God is stirring a new desperation in his church, simplifying things, a desire and a longing to be in his presence, a longing for him alone. And so Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word, God, that you would speak to our hearts that you would create a deeper, not just a hunger, but a desperation, not a desperation that doesn't think you're, you're, you're gonna answer us, but more of a, a, a desperation, this over-desire to wanna be with you. Lord, that we would long for your presence as a deer pants for water. David says, so my soul longs after you. Lord, I pray that in this, this land that we're in, God, I know that you've called us to be citizens of heaven. You've called us for the good of the city to be lights in the midst of darkness, to be salt. And there's so much to that. But Lord, it, it starts with a heart that longs for you. And so Lord, create a deeper longing in us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Well, we're in the book of James and uh, I'm excited. We're actually in, in part seven of the book of James. And uh, I wanna read to you a, a passage. You can keep going, Jay. Um, James chapter three, verses one and two, it says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach will be judged more strictly. How many guys want to be teachers now? All right. Indeed, we all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That word perfect, a better word for it in the Greek is mature. And, and he goes on to say, he says, when, when uh, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whatever the pi well, wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So he's given us this picture of, of a bit and a rudder. Sorry, it's hard for me to see. The glare is, is horrific. Um, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. 
And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. How many of you guys know the tongue is powerful? And so, so I, I, wanna, I wanna speak to you a, a little bit today about the tongue. James is gonna speak to us about the tongue. James has been helping us understand over the last several weeks the difference between professing faith and possessing faith. And, and it, it's a big difference. That real faith is going to transform your heart. It's going to transform your life, even into the very practical things of every single day. And James says, listen, if your faith is not changing everything, then it's really not authentic faith. And so he starts to talk about the tongue and, and, and he was talking about the tongue because the church is struggling uh, with their mouths. And I think all of us, this small little thing in our mouth, we have the potential to, uh, to use it uh, for blessing and we can also use it for cursing. But what James is gonna help us understand is, is, is as the heart flows, the mouth goes. James is gonna wanna help us deal with our heart today because out of the heart is where our words and where our thoughts flow from. So I wanna to speak to you around this idea today as the heart flows, the mouth goes. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in a real way. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that's, Lord, no matter what, God, we will worship you. The ecclesia, the called out ones, the gathered, the ones to assemble. Lord, we love you, speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, uh, th there was a, a few pastors that, uh, and thank you, Jay. Can we give our team a big hand? I mean, we're talking 5.30 a.m. this morning, y'all. And once again, a, a big thank you for everybody that's tuning in online. We are excited uh, that you're with us today. But I want to tell you a story. It was three, four pastors. And, you know, pastors are always hearing other people's problems and issues. So, one of the guys said, hey, why don't we get together and we share our lives, our struggles with one another? And, uh, you know, some of the guys were a little bit nervous. They're like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. He's like, yeah, I think it's a great idea. All of us are sharing our struggles or people are always sharing their, their struggle with us. How about we share our struggles with one another? And so they said, all right, all right. So they get around the table and, and they, they start to talk a little bit and share a little bit of their struggles. One pastor said, man, I, I got to confess. He said, man, I, I really love sneaking away during office hours to the movies. Probably shouldn't do it, but you know, I just sneak away a little bit. And the guy's like, man, that's not too bad. He's like, man, one of the guys said, I really love, I, I like to gamble. You know, it's just kind of like I like to just go out and gamble a little bit. Uh, the, another pastor said, man, I just, man, I like to have some drinks and binge on Netflix. And, uh, and, and so they're, they're, you know, it's getting thicker and thicker as the pastors are going around. And, and the last guy, he's looking so anxious. And he's like, guys, I can't tell you what I struggle with. They're like, no, no, we just bore our heart and soul to you. You got to like tell us what you struggle with. And he's like, I just, I can't do it. And so finally they're like, you got to tell us you cannot go. And so he's struggling, struggling. And he says, I struggle with gossip and I can't wait to leave and go tell everybody about your life. Right? Come on. Boom. <laughs> How many of you guys know the tongue has the power of life and death? In fact, when we look in the scriptures, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. See, I don't think we realize sometimes the words that come from our mouth. I mean, we're so easily sarcastic, right? We throw nicknames around and insults. 
And I, I think, you know, when we think about our words, we don't think about them too much, but it's pretty impressive because every day you'll say anywhere between 10,000 and 20,000 words, depending on how much you like to talk. In an average lifetime, you will speak about 370 million words, which consists of 10 years of conversation. So your life will be made up of roughly about 10 years of conversation. That's a lot of words. Are you, are you with me on that? And God takes our words seriously. In fact, he says, he says this in Matthew 12, 36. I, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. So I think it's fair to say that, that God pays attention to our words. That God takes our words seriously. Because I think as we go all the way back to the creation account, we see that creation began as God began to speak. Genesis chapter 1 and 3 says, And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So was, creation began with what? With God's spoken word. And every time God created, as we see in the creation account, it says, it's every time God did something, it started with God said. God said, let there be light. God said, let the expanse separate the waters. God said, let the waters gather and let land come into being all the way up to the Lord saying, and God said, let us make man in our image. Ex nihilo, out of nothing, God speaks into the darkness. He speaks into the space. He speaks into nothing and creates with the words of his mouth. And then we see it continues in Genesis chapter one, verse 28. It says, then God blessed them, speaking of Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So we see that right from the very beginning, God is speaking into the lives of, of Adam and Eve. He's declaring purpose. He's speaking into the direction of their life. Now this is before sin even entered into the world. God is speaking into their destiny. How many of you guys know we still need God to speak and declare purpose over our life? We still need the voice of God uh, for direction. And can I just tell you, the voice of God, God wants to speak into the very destiny that he has called you to. And so, so we, we go all the way back and then we, we fast forward a little bit to Genesis 3. And here we see that the enemy also speaks. That there's a real enemy of our souls. Some call him the devil, Satan, the father of lies. It says, the woman answered when the serpent was using his words for deception. It says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, Eve said, you must not eat of it or even touch it or you will die. And so we see all the way back to the cre creation account that even the enemy speaks. They call him the father of lies. He distorts truth. He twists God's word. He, he bends reality and tries to convince us and lure us away from the very spoken word of God. And so, so we see right from the beginning that our words have the ability to build up or to tear down that we can preach truth, that we can encourage, that we can uh, build others up, or we can tell lies, we can ruin reputations through gossip, we can break somebody's heart with just one word. And I think about the tongue. Anybody ever like take a moment and think about the human tongue? 
It's a nasty old thing. Like if, if you ever have looked at this thing, it's, it's, it's nasty. And James is addressing the tongue quite a bit because there was a problem in the church. People were struggling with their mouths and the mouth condition is an issue of a heart condition. And so James took that super, super seriously. James said, took it so seriously that he said, if you cannot control your tongue, your religion is a sham. It's not for real. This idea of words. You know, I think about a simple word or a statement can make or break somebody's day. I think about, you know, a one, one joke or one, you know, little uh, bit of sarcasm can change somebody's day. One little bit of encouragement can go a long way. I, I think about this time that Jackie and I, we were with one of our friends, she, she was pregnant. You know, sometimes, guys, we just don't think when we speak. And, uh, and I remember seeing her. She was in her last trimester. And I, it wasn't that bad, but it, just the way that it came out, I was like, man, I'm so, I'm so excited for you. You know, you're here. You're in your final stretch. And I was like, stretch and pregnancy and final. And it's just not, that just wasn't a, it just wasn't a good moment for me. And that may not seem like, like a big deal, but in my mind, as those words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, no, 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 not the final stretch. And so I think we've all experienced what it feels like to be encouraged by words, how it feels to be blessed by words. We've also have experienced what it feels like to be hurt by words, to be stabbed by words. Are you guys tracking with me? And once our words go out, the results, they're uncontrollable. So it's not like we can get those back. Now we can uh, find forgiveness, but we can't eradicate the experience. The power of this reality, the power of words. I, I think about social media. I think these platforms, I love social media. I'm, I'm not a social media hater. I think it's a great way to get the gospel to the world. But we also see that it's a platform that allows us to share instantly without really giving a lot of thought. Like sometimes I look on Facebook, I'm like, man, you did not think about that one. And people just throw it out there. And, and sometimes they have to retract or they have to recant because in the moment, they just felt this need to blah, 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 blah. Let me just throw it out there. And I think because of the world and the culture that we live in, it's so easy to slip into gossip. It's so easy to slip into critical comments. It's so easy uh, to go on, on verbal attacks because we have this, 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 these platforms that just allow us to speak without, without much thought. I think about the conversations that we have now. It's, it, it seems because of the instantaneous uh, replies that sometimes now the platform, we're so used to communicating this way that we've lacked meaningful conversations. And can I just tell you, we were designed for deep combos. You know, when James says, listen, confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. That's a deep conversation. That's a real honest conversation. And so as I was doing some homework on the tongue, I found this picture and I, I think it's, it's, it, it's pretty accurate in regards to our, our taste buds. So you see on the back, little back part of your tongue is where your bitter taste buds are. Uh, the salty ones kind of come around the front area. And then you have the sweet is, is more in the, the, the whole first half of your tongue. And then the sour ones are kind of on the side. And I thought, man, our tongue can manifest a lot like our taste buds. We can be bitter. Uh, it could be salty. It could be sweet. And it could be a little bit sour. 
But, but the thing that blows my mind and that James hits on is that the tongue is so small. But yet just a couple of words in a couple of minutes can start a relationship, can end a relationship, can destroy a relationship. Just with a couple of words, you can get fired from your job. Or if you post something now uh, in the culture we live in uh, that your job doesn't agree with, you could get fired. Like with just a couple of words, the president can declare war. And I think about the power of some of the simplicity of, uh, of the words like, I love you, I'm sorry, or even the power of no. Some of us need to learn how to say no a little bit more often. But there's so much power just in that word. And so words um, can not only impact just the, the practicality of our life, but also eternity. Paul makes it very clear that it's with our mouth that we confess. It's with our hearts that we believe, but it's, it's with our mouth that we confess that Jesus is Lord. And so, so I want you to, to, to get this picture because I think some of us, we, we can get a little bit con, uh, confused with the tongue. And sometimes we put a little bit more confidence in ourselves than we should. We say things like, I just want to keep it real. I just want to speak my mind. But James is saying, listen, you, you need to really learn how to control your tongue because the words don't only reveal what's happening in your heart or flow from your heart, but your words have the ability to redirect your life. And this is huge. And so, so James gives us this, this, this picture of the rudder of a ship and the horse's bit. Now, both the rudder is, the rudder is this, small little, this small little wing on the back of the ship that, that steers it. And the bit is this little metal piece that sits on the back of the horse's tongue that when the rider pulls, it pulls ahead and steers the direction of the horse. I, I remember Jackie and I on our honeymoon, we were pulling out of the harbor um, in San Francisco. We were going to Mexico for 10 days. It was awesome. You can probably get a great deal on a cruise right now, by the way. Um, and, and I remember we were pulling out of the harbor. We, we barely got out and this massive ship, it was just able to turn. And we're still really close to, to, the, to the shore. And I just thought, man, how in the world does that small thing turn such a massive ship so easily? And then as we got out of the Golden Gate, you start to feel the opposing forces, right? You start to feel the, the waves and all of a sudden for, for the pilot, the, the current uh, picks up a little bit. And so both, both the horse's bit and the ship's rudder are constantly facing opposing situations. They're, they're, they're facing uh, opposition. They're facing pressure. They're getting pulled on. And I think for you and I, James is helping us understand that we have this inward pull of sin that's constantly pulling, pulling, pulling on us and putting pressure on us. And then we have this outside pressure and so there's all these opposing forces that can make it really difficult to control our tongue because we feel it on all angles. And when those outside pressures start to hit some inward wounds, can I just tell you that tongue has the potential to go crazy. And so I just wanna give you two things that, that I think are gonna help us on this journey. And the first one is this, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down, is that we, learn, we have to learn to listen to our words. We have to learn to listen to the words that are coming out of our mouth. Like I, I find it interesting that we keep such good track of our money. We keep such good track of our relationships or lack thereof. But with our words, we just have this tendency just to let them flow, right? We just let them flow. And we, then we find ourselves in moments where we're asking the question, 
Man, did I really say that? Like what in the world just came out of my mouth? I can't believe I just said that. But, but what James is explaining to us is if I were to pour, take a water bottle and pour some water on the stage, if I were to squeeze it, water's gonna come out because that's what's inside of it. You might say, well, how come Coca-Cola doesn't come out of the water bottle? Because that's not what's inside. And when it's squeezed and when these opposing forces begin to press on us, what's inside begins to flow out. As the heart flows, the mouth goes. As the heart flows, the mouth goes. And so, so I, I want you to get this picture. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says this, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So I'm not just giving you like a, a clever statement. No, this is the word of God. And so, so I, as, I was, as I was studying for this message, there, there's this, this test. It's called the tongue test. It's part of, of a discipleship process, a discipleship pathway. And what they do is they, they want to test you to see if you really believe the gospel. And so on this test, let me just show you real quick, and we'll have it up online for you. So if you want to take a picture of it later, you can. But they ask this question, do you think you really believe the gospel? And then they put your tongue to the test. And so they say, take the next week, take the next month, and write down, like have a notepad or take your phone out. And they say, don't grumble or complain. And every time you do, write it down. Just take some memo of it, right? Don't boast at all. Like not even like a little bit of bragging. Don't gossip or repeat bad information about anyone. Don't put others down even a little bit. Don't defend or excuse yourself and no matter what and always build up others. And so, so what they said was, as, as you start to take note of this, now some of you guys are looking at me like, this is ridiculous. I'm not gonna walk around with a notepad and like keep track of my words because we really don't think that these are important. And so I know some of you kind of, that'll go in one ear and out the other, but, but here's the reality, is the test comes to say, well, if, if you're always grumbling and complaining, then you may profess that Christ is enough, but he's really not. So there may be some things about God that is a concept that you believe, but has not been manifested as a, reali as a reality. So you really don't believe that. You may know the right answer, but you really don't believe that. Are you with me on that? And so, so it kind of goes down the list. Don't boast at all or don't gossip or repeat bad information about anybody. Like, like am, I, am I secure in Christ and who God has made me? And do I really believe that people are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God? Do I really believe all that God says about me so I can walk in this beautiful reality of there's nothing I can do to make him love me anymore. There's nothing I can do to make him love me any less. This, this beautiful reality of the, uh, of the gospel. And so, so it just goes down the list and it puts our faith to the test. Are we really trusting God? I think sometimes we'll be astonished by what we find because our heart reveals, our words reveal what's happening on the inside of our heart. So I wanna tell you this, if we don't examine our words, other people will. Other people have no problem examining our words. Like a lot of times we don't want to examine our words, but other people, they have, they have no problem with that. I remember this, this is a true story actually. Um, this woman, she was kind of the gossip of the town and her and her husband were on vacation in Chicago and they went to Chicago Daily News and they got a tour of the whole facility. They're in the, the printing press 
And she happened to lean up. She had a white like blouse on. She happened to lean up against the printing press or one of the, the freshly printed papers. And she leaned up against the front page. So obviously it left a big mark on her back. So everybody was kind of laughing at her everywhere she walked. And so she asked her husband, she says, hey, something's on my back. Like, what is on my back? What, what's wrong? Why is everybody laughing at me? And he looked on the back and it said, daily news. He said, oh, nothing that shouldn't be there. That's, it's, it's pretty accurate, right? Tough crowd. Um, so, 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 but what, what ends up happening is as we examine our words, we start to see the weak areas of our faith. We start to see the areas where we haven't trusted Christ, where we haven't applied the gospel, and we can invite Jesus in at that moment to sharpen us, to, 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 uh, to stretch us, to heal us in these areas. So we, we have to learn how to listen to our words. The second thing is this, take notes, you can jot this down, is we have to learn to redirect our words. Because words not only reveal what's in our hearts, but they also have the power to direct our hearts. Remember, James says that our words are, they're like a rudder. They're like a bit. Like it, it has to do with the direction of the horse, the direction of the ship. Uh, Matthew chapter 15 says it this way. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Like all these things come out of the heart. So we have thousands of thoughts every single day and we need to pay a real careful attention how we clothe those thoughts. Are you, are you with me on that? Because some thoughts were, were never meant to be clothed. And there's a lot of words being spoken all the time, right? There's, there's a lot of thoughts that are going through our mind. Uh, people are speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. We're talking all the time. So we got to be careful how we clothe our thoughts. Because I, I don't know if you knew. I don't know if you knew this or not. But, but somehow it's, it's the negative words that seem to stick the most. And, and a negative word is simply, there was a thought that you clothed in a particular way. We clothe our thoughts with words. And so, so some are good, some are bad. They all have the potential to penetrate our hearts, but it's the negative ones that seem to stick. Like I could, I could have 10 people come up and say, man, that was an incredible message. But I, I could have one, uh, the, the 11th person come up and say, hey, your message last week was way better. And that, that's going to, somehow that just sticks in our head a lot more as pastors and preachers than the, the 10 compliments. It's like, man, I just, I knew it. I knew it wasn't as, right? And so the negative just has the, the, the potential to stick. Now, when I was in, in junior high, somebody called me crack toes. Because my, my middle toe was a little bit longer than my big toe. And you guys are laughing at me. See, you can't even control your thoughts right now, right? You're just clothing your thoughts with laughter as I'm sharing and burying my soul. Don't ever call me cracked toes or we will fight. Um, but when people clothe their thoughts with words that hit a wound in our life, how many of you guys know from, from that moment, we start thinking a lot of thoughts and we start clothing those thoughts with a lot of words. And a lot of times we find ourselves in that same space. Like I just ripped this person because they hit a wound. Why am I doing this? Like, why did I just do this? Well, obviously there's a, a wound in your heart and, and you let, you clothe those thoughts with words and those words begin to redirect the entire atmosphere, the entire relationship. And so, so I think for some of us, man, we have a, a vast away, array of a wardrobe. And it's important that we, we, we clothe our words right because some words we shouldn't clothe. 
There, there, are, there are some thoughts that we just shouldn't clothe. Like they're gonna pass through our minds, but we should give them, we should leave those thoughts naked. Like we should not clothe certain thoughts with words. Are you tracking with me? But we need how to clothe our thoughts with the appropriate words because words have the ability to redirect our life. And so, so clothes are important. Like, like if you wanna be effective for the day, you wake up and you get dressed. If you show up to work without being dressed, you won't have to say any words. You'll just get fired. Like that's the reality. If we wanna be effective, we, we have to be dressed. And so, so there are some thoughts though that, that we just need to fire. They're going through our minds and we just need to fire. We need to leave those naked. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, that only a fool speaks his or her whole mind. And we gotta understand that we're living in this constant place of pressure that as these thoughts are going through our mind, sometimes, listen, in those areas of brokenness in our life, we wanna clothe those thoughts when we should leave them fired, we should leave them naked, but like a pilot with the rudder, there's a constant correcting back to course. Because if that little rudder gets off just a hair and you get off a hair, but then you go several miles, you've, you've, you've gotten way off of course. And so the pilot and the rudder, the horse and the bit, they're constantly living in this tension of correcting back to course. And so for some of us, we, we, we need to be a little bit more thoughtful in sending our thoughts back to the scriptures, letting God deal with our hearts before we clothe our words. And I'm just telling you, this, this, may, seem, this may seem like really practical, but so many times we just don't do this. And I talk to Christians all the time. And it's just that this, we just, we just let it flow, let it flow. It's like, no, 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 let's, let me take that thought. Let me filter it through the scriptures. Let me redirect it through the scriptures so I can clothe it with the proper wardrobe. And some of you guys might be saying, is this really true? Can words really direct my life? Look what David said. David, in a moment of the search, King David, he says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Right before this, David was like, my life is horrible. Everything is wrong. And then what, what does he do? David starts to speak out. He starts to redirect his thoughts back to truth. And he begins to speak out what is truth, what is right. And it begins to redirect his, his life. Like this, this is huge. Like, like think about this for a minute. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. David is declaring to himself, put your hope in God. What are you doing? Sometimes we just need to go in the room, shut the door and declare what's truth. Redirect those thoughts and begin to declare what is real. I will praise him. Like what's gonna come out of my mouth? I don't wanna complain. I don't wanna grumble. That's not who God has called me to be. Look at all that God has done. Let me go ahead and redirect those thoughts back to the scripture, back to Christ, back to what is true. And let me clothe my words with what is real, with what is truth, with what is life. And so, so I, I think for us, listen, let me, let me take it one, one more step further. Uh, Luke chapter 6, 28, Jesus says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Like sometimes I think we, the hell passages of scripture like Matthew chapter seven, many, many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, look at me. Did I not prophesy and do miracles in your name? And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you sinful person, you worker of iniquity. That's a tough passage. I think this is just as tough though. 
bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you? Like, I'd rather just set people straight sometimes, even as a pastor. I would love to, to, to bless them on out of my life. And can, can, I, can I just tell you though, something happens in this moment. Notice how this is a, a verbal expression, bless those. And, and in the original language, I know we can bless people in a lot of different ways, but in, in, in the Greek, it does have the notion of, of a spoken blessing and a pray for those that are coming against us. Can I just tell you, it's really hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for. It's really hard to be frustrated with somebody that you're declaring blessings over because what happens as we begin to pray, as we begin to bless them, those words begin to redirect our hearts back to Christ, back to truth, back to what is real, back to what is life. And so, but, but we gotta take time to think about this. We gotta take time to listen to the, the, the words that are coming out of our mouth. We have to begin to understand that we need to redirect our thoughts, redirect our words because our words have the potential to direct our life. And something happens when you're praying for people, it just, it helps you to understand a little bit more. I remember I was at Starbucks and there was a, a lady, she was homeless and she was sleeping. I was studying we were right next to each other, and, and I guess they call, had to call the cops on her, so the cops came in and, and took her out. And like five minutes later, she came back in heated. She was mad. She's like, man, I bought coffee in this place. I want my money back. And the barista was like, we're calling the cops on you, going to jail. Like, and then one of the customers, you know how customers get involved? Yeah, you're going to jail. It's like, be quiet, dude. So, so I look at the lady, and, I, I, and I'm not saying this because I was a hero of the day. I'm just, it was just, this is just what we do, right? I said, well, how much, how much do they owe you? Two dollars. I said, well, man, here's five. I was like, man, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to do this today. They're going to take you to jail. And I just start, just start talking to her, man. God has something so much, so much better for your life than arguing with these people. And then right away, a gentle word turns away wrath. She's just like, man, it's just been so hard. I'm on the street. I'm struggling. I'm trying. And, and all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere of the, the place changes. Why? We just, just with a couple of words, gentle words. And then she took my money and ran. So it was, it was all good. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. And so, so what am I saying? Uh, let, me, let me conclude with this. Is that we, we have to learn that confession is always greater than expression. That, that if we would start with confession, how we express would be a lot more godly. Because you can express the way that you feel, and we live in such an environment today where on one hand, actually we don't have time to get into that, but, but sometimes we, we want to express ourselves, and you may get what you want in that moment, but when we express ourselves in a way where we haven't filtered our thoughts, we haven't paid attention uh, to what we're, what, what we're about to say, we haven't uh, filtered our thoughts back to the scripture, redirected our thoughts back to the scripture. Then when we express ourselves, we start to clothe our words with a lot of expression that hurt people, that hurt you, that destroy whatever the moment is. But if we would learn to confess in those moments of frustration before we express, I think we would see a, a, complete, a complete transformation in our relationships, in our homes, in our testimony and being a light. Because some of us with the heart of expression, we've, we, we've heard our testimony. 
And, and I, I want you to get this in, in your mind. This is what confession looks like. I'm frustrated. How many of you guys know 2020 has been a lot of stuff? It's been so beautiful and it's been so brutal at the same time. And I, I, I think about moments where you're tired. Maybe you've been going through something over and over and over. I, I sat at a, at a, Jackie and I sat at a restaurant downtown Pleasanton and this was last week and they were like, man, please pray that the weather would hold up, right? So that I can keep my restaurant open. And now they're, you know, we're closed down again. And so I, I think about that, that owner of what he's feeling in this moment. He probably wants to express a lot. You know, I think about those moments where, where we're just, we're exhausted. Maybe it's been a relationship that's gone south. Maybe, maybe we're frustrated with sin in our life and, and we just want to let somebody have it. I think my mom has taken such a beating from me over the years because I know my mom loves me. And so my mom would be the one that I'd vent to. And even though sometimes it was, you know, uh, not directed toward her, just my expression of like what I was going through as a, you know, as a kid, as an adult, just my poor mom is taking quite a, quite a beating. Jackie's probably taking a little bit of a beating from me too, an expression. But I've learned over the years that confession starting with it works a whole lot more. So rather than just expressing myself, it'd be like, hey babe, I'm struggling and I wanna let somebody have it. Like I, I'm ready to express. Maybe it's this person or that person, and, but I know this is not what God has for me. I don't want to feel like this. And so I just start confessing where I'm at. And then her words, what do they do? That's why you got to find some people that want to see God's best in your life. Her words come and say, babe, I love you. Let me just let you know I love you. I'm so proud of you as my husband. And that's not who you are. And that's not what God has called us to do. And so, yeah, that conversation needs to take place but you gotta be careful how you clothe that expression. And I'm just telling you, if we could just learn to confess, because sometimes, listen, you may not be able to redirect, it may be hard for you to redirect your words back to scripture. Even when you do that, you're still frustrated, you're still mad. So you gotta have some Christ-centered community around you that you can reach out to in those moments where it's just gotten a little bit out of control in your heart. And their words can start to redirect your heart back to Christ, back to truth, back to what is real, we need one another. That's why it's so important. Listen, if you're tuning in all online, man, we're so grateful that you're online. But can I just tell you, we want you connected in Christ-centered community. You know, whether that's in a small group, we'd love for you to come back to, to one of our outdoor gatherings. Because we, we need this. We need one another. We need that Christ-centered community that if we can get in the habit of confessing before we express, can I just tell you, relationships are gonna be so much better. There's gonna be a vulnerability that God is gonna develop in your heart. And remember what James says, confess your sin to one another that you might be healed, not forgiven. That happens between you and God, but there's a healing that takes place as we're vulnerable and, and, and have some people around us that we can trust that can help redirect us back to truth, back to Christ, back to the scriptures. And can I just tell you, that can change the whole tone of your words. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me close with this verse because here's the reality. Is all this sounds great. But we are in desperate need of God and the Holy Spirit to continue to form us and mold us more and more into the image 
of the Son. Like we, we, we are in desperate need for God to really transform our lives, to transform our hearts. Because as the heart flows, the mouth goes. And that's why the psalmist says it this way, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like I, I've taken the one thing that I know that I need the most. I need your word to penetrate my heart more than any other words. I wanna hide it in the deepest area of my life because I know that if your word penetrates my heart, God, it's gonna change my thoughts and it's gonna change the way I clothe my words and what comes out of my mouth. And so just like Adam and Eve, the psalmist is saying, God, I need you to speak into my purpose. I need you to speak into my sin and my corruption. And I need you to change me, God. I want your word to be hidden so I can redirect my thoughts, my heart, and my words back to the scriptures, back to your heart. So I just wonder if you and I would just think before we speak. Just wonder if we think before we speak. Just in the moment, is what I'm about to say true? Is this gonna really bear the weight and the light in the life of the gospel in somebody's life? Or do I maybe need to spend a little bit more time with Jesus before I, I say that? Or is it helpful? Like, is this gonna add value? Is this gonna build somebody up? Now remember, building up doesn't mean that you avoid truth. We learned that a few weeks ago with the prophet Nathan and David. A good friend tells the truth. A good friend confronts you on your sin. That, that's, that's something good. That's still helpful in building up. Now you wanna make sure you say it in the right way as we talked about, but is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it gonna move people closer to Jesus? Is it gonna bear witness to, to all that God has done in your life? Is it gonna move them towards God's best? Just think before we speak. Is it necessary? Like, do I even need to say this right now? Listen, if we would just take that, that one thought is it necessary? We would save a ton of gossip and a ton of hurtful words. Is it, is it necessary? And then lastly, is it kind? You know, kind is not a cheesy generic word. It's, it's a very biblical word. Love is patient, love is kind. It's fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. See, everything that we're talking about today, it's a fruit of the Spirit. We desperately need God. We need to hide His Word in our heart that we might not sin against Him. And we need to think before we speak. Redirect our thoughts and our words back to Him. Because in that space, I just believe that's where there's light. That's where there's life, especially as darkness is pervading. Man, God has called us to be salt and light in the earth. And our words Man, they can build up, they can tear down life or death, life or death. As the heart flows, the mouth goes. So Father, we're here, not here today for behavior modification. We're here for heart transformation. Lord, we're not here just to try to stop saying bad things. Lord, we're saying we know that we need you to change our heart because that's where it starts. Lord, we don't want to start with our words. We want to start with our hearts. So God, would you come and examine our hearts? Lord, and begin to expose the areas where we haven't trusted you, where we haven't applied the gospel. There is you want to heal and mend and renew. 
Lord, I pray that even now, Lord, that you'd begin to speak over people's lives as they've been plagued with doubt and unbelief and fear and confusion. God, that you'd begin to speak as you did to Adam and Eve, direction and purpose, hope and healing. Lord, I pray that you'd you'd put a, a tenacity in our hearts, Lord, to know that we will give an account for every idle word. Lord, let that put a a healthy fear in our hearts for you again, to know, God, that we just don't wanna use our words carelessly. So we just invite you to change us today from the inside out. And listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and maybe you say, Pastor Matt, I I just need God to change my heart, period. Maybe maybe you've been uh, on the religious side where you show up to church and kind of go through the motions, but if you really get to the heart of things, you're really not following Jesus. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you're tuning in online. Somebody gave you the link and you're just wondering, man, I, you feel something burning inside of your heart, but you're just not sure like, man, I, I know I need God. I'm just not sure what to do. I just wanna invite you guys to, to pray with me. I wanna pray a commitment prayer with you. Now that's not magical. The prayer is not magical, but there's power in confession. And we wanna help you. Listen, if, if you're in that space and you say, man, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today, not, not just to, to pray a prayer to make my, my conscience feel a little bit better, but literally, I, I wanna follow Jesus today. I wanna begin this journey with him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And then we wanna follow up with you. So I need you to tell somebody, if you're online, I need you to click that little button that pops up. And if you're here in person, I need you to let us know. Our prayer team's gonna be up here after service. You can let somebody in our Next Steps team know, or even somebody that brought you. But would you pray this with me right now? Just say, Lord Jesus, Today I surrender. Come on, can we pray this with them all together, church? Today I surrender. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for all of my sin. I confess my sin, my ways to you. I want your way. And I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. That means you are alive. You are the living God. And so today, I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a hunger and thirst for righteousness and for your word. And put people around me that want to see your best in my life. And use me in somebody else's. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a big hand this morning? Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.